This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Pro Flowers. Order Pro Flowers for birthdays, anniversaries, special occasions, or no occasion at all. Right now, our listeners can get $10 off any purchase of $29 or more by visiting ProFlowers.com and entering the code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout. Again, that's ProFlowers.com and enter the, enter the code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout to get the special deal. Today's show is also sponsored by Wink. Wink offers wine that is personalized to your palate and delivered right to your daggum door. Wink is offering our listeners $20 off right now when you go to trywink.com forward slash badchristian. They'll even cover the shipping here. That's $20 off plus complimentary shipping when you go to T-R-Y-W-I-N. NC.com slash bad Christian. That's trywink.com slash bad Christian. You are now entering the bad Christian podcast. Three, two, one. Joey. Joey's in a room by himself, beatboxing. Me and Matt are here just talking. This is the bad Christian podcast, yo. Give us your money. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that in there because, my God, we might need it. Our, Joey, I don't know if you've heard the whole story, but uh, so uh, it was either last episode or the episode before we were talking about our bus and yeah. will it make it? No, it's coming down to the wire. <laughs> Hopefully, we will. We'll do it. Talking about how the right. bus itself is the backbone, lifeblood. And it's the only way that Emory can, has Emory been able tours. to continue. Yep. If you like Emory, it's the thing that is. The, the tool, the main, yeah, everything to our whole band. I believe band. I claimed that with, if the, we didn't have the bus, we would have to break up. Right. I believe is <laughs> So we're going to test that theory, Matt, because we do not have the bus. The bus is sitting in a storage facility in Franklin, Tennessee, and apparently it might have a blown head gasket, meaning the no, whole the cracked, the whole cracked, cracked head. Cracked head. I'm sorry. The cracked, a cracked head, which is worse. And uh, meaning... They think that we probably need a whole new engine, which is, uh, they said just to get the new engine, before labor or anything, is like $35,000. No, oh, well, a brand, brand new one. We that's could, a, we that, could that's replace a brand new the one. engine yes. for between eight, ten, and 20000 But that's still before labor. So it's going to be many, many thousands of dollars. And, you know, I just, I, I mean, I love my kids. They need to eat, all that stuff. <laughs> well, so the, but, the new engine would be up to twenty grand, I would say. But now, keep in mind that we paid ten grand for the bus. Right. So the engine would be more than the entire bus. Uh, so that was just so disheartening. And I, it's really, really crappy because I've been just on edge waking up every morning thinking, are they going to fix the bus? Are they Are going to fix the bus? I have to go pick up everybody. There's like nine people flying in to St. Louis. I have to get to St. Louis. I, you know me. I just overthink it. A little anxiety, worry. Uh, I'm a worrier. <laughs> I hate that. But uh, And so, uh, yeah, sure enough, it's done. So I was like, okay. Our old band van that we bought back in 2003, yeah. something like that, I think it's a 2001 van. We had a rebuilt engine in it, it you know, but it's really in bad shape too. But I was like, okay, it'll probably make it for this tour. So I took it in to get a checkup. And uh, so I, uh, this is hilarious. Y'all know how I always talk about plumbers and we always make fun of people's like using the Christian stuff yeah. uh, for to sell their product. Like, you know, God sent, uh, you know, 
plumbing plumbing services. Well, I actually went to Heaven Sent Auto. <laughs> <laughs> that way you know they're trustworthy. Right. So I just knew. I mean, they're Christians. I can trust them. Business, uh, a brother and sister in Christ. And so, uh, <laughs> and they didn't charge me much. They do like an inspection and stuff, and it, it it was a good deal. I think it's a fine place. But the guy called me and he said, "Hey." I said, I don't really have any good news for you. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. He's like, I, he said, your transmission is just done. Everything's done. He said, this is, he said, if I was you, I would take this to try and get scrap metal for it. For the it, van. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, this thing won't make it to Nashville. I live 15 miles south of Nashville. He said, it's not going to make make to Nashville. I said, Fuck that, and I drove it to St. Louis, Joey. <laughs> and here I sit in Springfield, Missouri, in that van that he said wouldn't make it to, uh, you know, Nashville, fifteen miles. And now it ain't doing the best. It ain't it ain't comfortable. It feels a little iffy and shaky. It makes this uh, several weird noises. It, it goes into overdrive on its own and stuff. And but we are making it. But it's just I hate the stress of it. Like I just. There's part of me that just, I don't care how much it costs, just give me a vehicle to do, just to do this in so I don't have to worry about it. But I literally tried everything I could. I tried to find 15 passenger vans to rent. They were all rented, or they wouldn't let you drop it off in a different location like Seattle. You had to bring it back, and it was it was going to be thousands upon thousands of dollars just to rent a vehicle. We can't all fit in a... Uh, uh, minivan and uh, it doesn't pull a trailer anyway so we don't have any gear so we had to make the decision we just we left all gear besides our instruments so we have like uh, two guitars a bass a snare drum and some sticks and cymbals and then uh, us in this van and our merch and our merchandise uh, that we're going to try and sell to make money so it With is no just trailer been, yeah yeah no trailer or no anything happened. we're having to borrow gear but we're like, we don't want to cancel these shows. We thought of every option over and over and over. And finally, we're like, let's just see if we can make it. So right now, we are just seeing if we can make it. We might <laughs> just make it. So the funny thing, I let people in a little secret about touring. I don't know that every band does it this way, but I think I referred to it on the previous episode. Is We had to do things on a shoestring. It's just you can't do it just this super professional way unless you have unbelievable amount of money right so you just have to do stuff different i was just thinking about how funny it is the what we're trying to do with this van which is just completely a bad idea from any other standpoint and that the amount of times that we've gone oh well there's something wrong with the bus or something wrong with the van we have a bad tire or this is bad or the alignment's bad or the battery's dead or this is you know things that are basically unacceptable for travel and we're like well it's only 350 miles to the next show and it's overnight you just got to get there so you just go and you go with one headlight or you go with a half flat tire or whatever it is things that you can't deal with in time you just deal with it i was thinking how how funny that is you know compared to the whole thing of like let's say the family's going to the lake for the weekend, and it's 60 miles away, and the dad takes it in. He gets the oil changed, the tire pressure up, and make sure that you, know, <laughs> right. you do all this maintenance to go 40 miles to the lake house for the family, and you, just, you know, it's just all that. <laughs> and, I, and I drove a van <laughs> across van. America that the guy said, don't. <laughs> Don't, Just yeah, so don't, sir. Take it to the mechanic, <laughs> fix nothing on it, and the transmission is given a, a computer code where the, Toby's talking about the overdrive. The overdrive <laughs> light is blinking on and off, which is an indicator that it's throwing up a computer code that there is a fault with the trans, uh, transmission, and then to that what that mode is, is, is uh, it's deemed the limp home mode. So if you're out somewhere... <laughs> And whatever is wrong with our transmission goes wrong, it will allow you to limp home to get it worked on. Now, we just left 
home on a 2,000-mile trip yeah. <laughs> to Seattle. We're <laughs> limping home. Yeah. We're limping to another well, guys, you know. as we speak, I've got a GoFundMe set up rolling. So No, don't do that. But we're gonna, we may figure <laughs> out a way to try to raise some money to get our, our bus going so we don't break up. But we, <laughs> we, we're not asking for anybody to start a pure GoFundMe. Although I think the guys in Disciple did that one time for their bus and got like $30,000. Yeah. But That's I, not really how our band works. I mean, yeah. we, we, we try to do things and work with our fans, and we are crowdfund supported in a lot of yeah. things, but we like offering things. So who knows? If we have to, maybe we can make another album or an appearance or some shows or something to help pay for this. But that that is what's really frustrating. I, I was just thinking about, I was watching some of the, uh, I don't know if y'all saw it, like the um, benefit they did for Manchester and like all the stars mm-hmm. went and singing. I was thinking, it's crazy, like it. Even if we were to gotten asked to play that, like we, Emory never would. Back in right, but I, I, I saw like Katy Perry and Justin Bieber, whatever. I was like, they, uh, it was so easy for them to fly there. Like they probably took a private jet or whatever, and somebody handled all their dancers and choreographers and everything. Everybody, and I was just thinking, not only do we have to like practice our music and try to perform well and stuff, but like every detail is us. Like right now, we don't have a tour manager, we don't have a merch person we can't fit them in the van like every single detail that we have to do because we can't be away from our families and not make money like it like i mean seriously like this this week alone i'm away i'm away from my family and there's a decent chance that i might make zero money and then i still have to provide for my family that like this is my job so and i love it i'm not complaining I, i wouldn't have it any other way but i'm saying that that's why all the logistics really matter like it really matters uh last night did we sleep on a friend's floor or did we get a hotel and it's you know a hundred bucks or you know it's like all these little things end up being you know money out of your pocket and some things you just have to go okay no we're all going to go out to eat you just had to we had to have some kind of life or it, or you would hate it you know because you're only on stage playing the music for about an hour hour and a half you know i mean the rest of the time you're in a terrible van that might break down or explode at any moment or whatever it's just there's so much that goes into like the smaller the band you are the more the details and everything that's just mind-boggling and we are small we are tiny (laughs) we're the smallest band that can exist this long Right. And <laughs> so that's one thing. I mean, honestly, too, just going back, like, you can even see that. Professionally. Like, at, well, as churches get bigger, they probably are a little more loose with their money as far as, like, well, yeah, let's just get this for this person, or let's, you know, okay, let's upgrade to the better pew, or, you know, let's, you know, let's get the gluten free bread, or whatever it is for communion, or whatever. You know, you can see why churches just do that because it's just easier and it just takes less thought sometimes just to spend the money. Or, like you were saying, even a lot of people just say, throw your van away. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> but in the history of the world, the van is one of the most amazing yeah. things ever. Yeah, I mean it's crazy that we would just we we live in a society now where you go, yeah, throw that thing away. It's not worth the guy from heaven seeing it rebuilding your transmission. Just get a new transmission. But throw like, the whole van. Throw in the, the whole van in the dumpster. The answer. I was thinking, man, if you're in Nicaragua right now, this thing would run another thirty years. Right. It'd be yeah. It'd be I one mean, of the not nicest to mention cars. if you were in Mad Max or Walking Dead, how valuable of a thing it would be. It's <laughs> oh, just, I know. It's just that the labor for some mechanic <laughs> in Tennessee is making twenty something dollars an hour, and the shop has these minimums for hundreds an hour. Right. It's like ah, we'll throw away an unbelievable powerful valuable machine just because redneck labor is so expensive that's how right. fortunate we are that the labor for barely not barely skilled mechanics a fine profession and it's a great skill but i'm saying it's blue collar skill and labor alone that that can invalidate that whole machine it's right. just unbelievable that's unbelievable yeah it's just not it's in this day and age it's not it's worth it so, so just yeah. throw stuff away throw 
just throw stuff away. away. I know. And these buses, I mean, this bus, are we going to throw it away? It's a great home. You I, could, I mean, me and my friends can all live in it happily for a month. I mean, we're gonna <laughs> throw, they could be thrown away. Matt I know, almost talked about somebody worth who would buy because it because it has a cracked head. Sure. That's crazy. Uh, Joey, I actually thought it's really funny on a side note. I, I, I had this idea, and then Matt really developed it for me. What If the bus doesn't work anymore, what if I can find a place, park it in where I live and uh, in, in the town, and uh, – I'll just open up a hot dog stand because I love hot dogs. They're like one of my favorite foods. And I'll just, you just come on the cool bus. Maybe it's BYOB and it's just, you, you have hot dogs. <laughs> tea dogs is what I'll that's call it. it. That's a, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I like tea dogs. I mean, it's just, it's just a way of, of, I don't know. I mean, I'm not an environmentalist by any stretch and I don't give a shit about recycling or anything yeah, like that. You love littering. You've always littering can be It can be pleasurable <laughs> to me. Yes, it, I can. But there's some things about waste that just bother me. Like, and I can't figure out what it is, but there's certain things that are wasted that just seem redundant or counterproductive or the bad use of efficiency that just can't, it just drives me crazy, and that's one of them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we are living in a day and age where we throw so much away. It's crazy. Like, just I mean, when we travel, I, I, it is crazy. Like, we're just in okay, we're in Springfield right now, but just think about just this tiny. It's a cool, really cool town. I really like it. Just think about how much trash this one small town makes today. Just today. I mean, just this hour. Like, we went and ate breakfast this morning. Every one of those people, several of the things were thrown away. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that was just one restaurant. I mean, just that long. See, just that doesn't constantly. really bother me at all. I'm not even. Well, I'm just saying that. it's that easy to throw it away, though. Yeah. That's oh, the, yeah, the, no, I'm yeah. just saying the ease of it. At some point, it's going to catch up. It has it's to. not the environmental impact of stuff that bothers me. It's the amount of time and effort that went into it. That was a human's. It was something. There were real resources that went into it that seemed squandered. It's not. Yeah. It's not the waste part of it. It's the squandering. I can of the, see that of the resource. It drives me crazy. Like if I mix my coffee with a stirrer and then I, I throw it away, and then I realize, oh, I need two more creams, and then I had to get another stirrer, yeah. or or worse yet, I accidentally grab two at once and use them and throw them away. One of them got manufactured, planed down, shipped on a truck with fossil fuel all the way to Missouri just so that I could accidentally grab two and throw it directly in the trash can. That yeah. drives me crazy. <laughs> that just drives me crazy that that, that could have because it. It was a real thing that was just wasted, that was put effort. It just drives me crazy. I've I don't know never once thought about that scenario ever in my whole it just life. T- you know what I mean? That poor little stick got made by humans. Yeah, and it was never design, used. And it just, it just, I grabbed two instead of one and just, ah, I just threw it across right <laughs> into the trash can. Well, on I'll my tell you what, why don't, why don't we lead in to abortion because that's the same exact thing <laughs> from conception to the development <laughs> what and then a it's waste. never I actually used. agree with that i agree that this is me off. well but you know loss of potential that's maybe i'm honing in on it but loss of potential is a very horrifying concept you know like you're and i think it maybe yeah. has to do with aging because like, again i've only been in this more morbid thought for the second half of my life since i've had kids and then probably accelerated with my mom's death but i just think of the loss of things as more it's like a, I see maybe a glass half empty or something in some ways. Like when you're a kid, you have potential, and that's all anybody ever talks about. And every single moment that you don't do something, it's just gone. That p- potential, you have it, and everybody talks about it, and it feels like when I was a little kid it was infinite, and now it feels limited. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. Joey, you have a lot of potential right now. And so next time you're doing nothing, you have less potential, and you did nothing with it. Right. And that happens every moment. Every moment, every moment. Yeah, Potential I mean, I, is somebody lost. said this the other day. I forget who it was, but just like it said, 
your, the seconds are ticking away, and yeah. what did you use those seconds for? Like, how many seconds had, have I really used on Facebook? Right. Like, literally reading something that just I hated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasted my life. That potential yeah. is just gone. Yeah. Oh but it, I don't God. know if we really want to talk about abortion or not, but that seems obviously like one of the most unbelievable uh, losses. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely thought, like, no matter what, this is true. This isn't like a uh, trying to uh, skew the issue or whatever. Think about how much amazing art, music, presidents, uh, science, and stuff have been aborted. Like oh, they, there are right. people that would have created amazing things and done Absolutely. amazing things that were aborted. Now I, I don't want now, any shame. I don't want any shame on the people. I don't like. Too. I don't like shaming people. <laughs> I hate that. Oh yeah, but you're right. That's a good point. There's a lot of bad things yeah. that were aborted as well. And I and I don't I don't like the idea of shaming people into don't do abortions or whatever. And, and I disagree with abortions. I really do. But I hate the shame and the way that things are portrayed like you're a terrible person you're awful it's going to be horrific all these yeah, things like it's it. never going to be an easy decision for you nobody it, it, if somebody is just flippant about abortions mm-hmm. that really is disturbing to me i'm i am like it's one of the clearest issues that i'm against and just a, an easy answer to me now although i would say it isn't right for the three of us white men to talk about abortion without an infant or aborted fetus here However, <laughs> that's not actually probably. <laughs> that's really messed up. This is an okay. infant. We well, could have an infant represented at least. I've enjoyed my career. Uh, I just want to thank everybody that's been listening to the podcast. <laughs> oh Lord! I can say that as an anti-abortion guy. I, I, but so I, funny. I, I think I, we I, would all agree, though. We don't, don't y'all think? I, I really do dislike. Okay, I don't agree with abortion. I I, I think, it, but at the same time, I really dislike as well. The shame and the uh, bad stuff that comes along with it on the other side. Like I, I, I mean, I understand. Like even Louis C.K. said that on his his recent special about like if you actually think it's murder, then you should do everything you can to do that. But the the, the idea of using just shame, like okay, don't have an abortion, you're terrible if you do. Okay, I didn't have an abortion. Then you just leave the person, mm-hmm. leave the couple, leave the single mom, whatever it is. Like those things are just really rotten. Like if you really wanted to get rid of abortion, you could really like just say, okay, we're going to use all our finances to help you raise this kid. We'll be there for babysitting. We'll do everything we can. Like, you know, the church should do that. But anyway, all right, we're going to keep moving here, but let's take a, a break and uh, pay some bills, uh, if y'all don't mind. Uh, and this is it's really crazy that uh, I was going to, I'm going to talk about pro flowers, but this first question they ask here on this uh, ad copy is just, it just got me. It says, Have you ever forgotten your anniversary? <laughs> and I was like, Yes. I've forgotten birthdays, anniversaries a million times. And I mean, if all you listening out there, if you're going, no, I remember everything, you are lying. That is not true. You have forgotten a special occasion no matter what. And it is, we live in a time now where you can get reminders, you can set reminders, you can do all these things, and you can send one of the best gifts around, which is just a great, just beautiful set of flowers. Um, you know that those people are just hard to shop for. You know those people that just feel like, what am I going to get them? What am I going to doing? Like my wife, she she's a person that you know all of the time thinks about our finances and what we're doing and what we're getting. But she loves flowers, and uh, when I send her flowers, it's kind of a neat a neat gift because it's something that she doesn't get all the time. Uh, they're fresh, they're organic, they're real. It's something tangible. I just like the way it makes our house look, smell, everything about it. And, and so if you're like me, 
why not just go ahead and do it? And it doesn't even have to be a special occasion. If you send somebody, one of your loved ones, flowers today, it means a lot. It's just a simple way of doing everything. So uh, I'm going to make it easy for you guys. Pro Flowers is our go-to place to get flowers. They're fresh, uh, priced right, and our perfect gift, literally for anyone, and they're delivered straight to your recipient's door. The recipient's door. How easy is that? So right now, Pro Flowers has a special offer just for our listeners. Get ten dollars off your purchase of twenty nine dollars or or more. This deal works on best selling gifts like their hundred bloom bouquet, a dozen red roses, or even their totally great deal. Just even. Uh, some of the other great deals. Um, so to snag this deal, just go to proflowers.com and enter code BADCHRISTIAN. All right? Tell uh, our listeners, uh, um, listen to me right now. Everyone out there, uh, you listening, Pro Flowers bouquets are guaranteed fresh for seven days or your money back. They have a seven-step quality check, which means the flowers are always awesome. Their website is super easy to use, and you can schedule your delivery ahead of time. So do yourself a favor and help out our show by supporting proflowers.com. I know you have either a birthday or your anniversary or just a special day. The ticket, the, the seconds are ticking away. Do it right now. Get $10 off your purchase of $29 or more at ProFlowers, but this deal definitely won't last long. Just go to ProFlowers.com and enter code BADCHRISTIAN at checkout to get the special deal. Right on. Thank you. Okay, Toby, I want to go back to what you are saying about Louis C.K. because it kind of ties into two or three topics I can think of, and I want to see if we can think of more. But uh, you were talking about, I don't know if people have seen his stand-up special, but he starts, is that the one? He kind of starts talking about abortion. He just jumps right into it. Is yeah, that, right. yeah, that's the first thing he said. And, he, and he, go, he plays with it and goes back and forth with, is it really that? Is it really killing? And if it was, shouldn't you act differently? And, and, and uh, it's pretty poignant, and he, he does the thing where he will represent the side of, of being a, basically a monster, but making other people realize, oh, we're monsters too. Right. If we're, right. Like the logic dictates that we're monsters, but we clearly think this, but we say something different. So that's something I always think about is the, the disconnect between what people say they believe and the way they act. It's very, very, very clear to me, and he pointed that out way better than I ever could. But I usually get stuck on stuff like types of bottled water that people like to drink. So I always say... People always say, they, they, what kind of water do you want? Do you care? And they always say, no, nah, I'll drink whatever. Just bottle. It's all just water. It doesn't matter to me. And then if you put Aquafina and Arrowhead in our cooler, everybody will say, it doesn't matter to me. And then at a few hours later, every bottle of Aquafina is gone and all the Arrowhead remains. It happens there, every yeah. time. It happens with pizza toppings. It happens with beer. It happens with beer. It's just people say one thing because it sounds good and it sounds validating. It sounds like the right answer to them, and I believe they believe it. Their behavior is completely different. People tell me all the time, I would like to do this. I'd like to start this business. Well, I'd like to do these things. They don't want to. That's just something they say. So you got to go by people's behavior, not what they say they believe. Now, Here's three issues I can think of right now that do that. I want to play around with it. One is abortion. I didn't even think of that one until you brought that up. But abortion is one of those issues where people say what they think about it, and then it seems like they don't behave that way. Another one is the way they think about gay people. They they claim one thing and then they act another way. I guess we can get to that if you want to. Okay. And then the other one is hell. Do you? I can think of more. I think all the Christian doctrines almost kind of go. A lot of them go this way, especially the ones that seem major. People say they believe in hell and explain it, and it's based on their behavior. I would have to argue. I don't know if you really believe in in hell, or it is what you say it is, or those people go to it hmm. because their behavior doesn't line up with that. So we yeah, can. But, go, and if you have any more of those, we could talk about. Them. But I'd like to discuss each one of those a little bit. How how can with with hell? How can you really 
match your actions here on this earth with something that's just inconceivable. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I'll tell you how I processed it when I did believe, like, in eternal conscious torment is it -hmm. was so terrifying of a thought, I almost had to put it out of my mind, and I additionally really believed this cannot be on me to save people Mm -hmm. from hell. Like, I eventually grew out of the thought process of, man, people's bloods are they're going to be on my hands because I'm not telling them about God. Like, I had to divorce myself from yeah, that Yeah, but thought. it's not... See, the thing that, that you get tangled up in, which I think is a little bit bizarre, is the notion that it's your fault or you're going to be held accountable. But if even if you remove that, just remove that. Like, you're not going to be blamed or punished because people go to hell. Now, nonetheless, they're still there. Like, you, you your only obligation to care about people in hell would be... You don't want them to be there. Not that you're, It's not your fault that they're there. But simply, you, they could not be there if things unfolded differently. All right, so let's, let's, let's think about it. What would be probably one of the best routes to take, especially in maybe the late 90s when technology was way more limiting? I would say, huh, probably stand up on an elevated platform at a college campus where there's bunches of people walking to class and telling them about hell. That would probably be the best route you'd want to take. It doesn't work. Like anyone in their right mind would say that doesn't work. No one is buying into that. No one is saying, man, I got to stop and listen to what this guy is saying about hell. So I think that is part of the answer is as Christians, we're just like, what do we do? Like, I, we have to be limited with what we're able to do. You know, I mean, because yeah, no. But I, what I'm saying, Joey, is I think deeper than that. I'm not talking about evangelical methods here. I'm talking about the fact that I'm not so sure that most people that say they believe in hell actually believe that there are people in it. When it comes down to specifics, when it comes down to a person you know, I don't. You know, just think of somebody you know that they don't think about it or they don't believe it. How about you, for example? I, I believe, honestly, I don't know if you ever believed everybody was going to burn in eternal torment, right? And so you kept looking until finally you found a satisfactory answer to where that now you're satisfied with I it. wasn't but looking. Your real, your, real, no. your real motives and emotions were God can't yeah. burn people forever but, with see, worms. See, Joey's a different a example. Joey's actually a logical and a real... Yeah. I mean, Joey actually deserves a lot of credit for doing the hard work. Most people... Right, that's my point. What I'm arguing right. is most people are content to say they believe in hell and to act... But don't act as if they believe in hell. That's most people... Most people are totally fine with that whatever dissonance to say, yeah, I believe in hell. Okay, but that person... You next door neighbor, that person that you know that clearly would have said before they died they weren't a Christian, do you believe since the moment that they died they've been on fire being tortured and that doesn't bother you and you're, you can live with it somehow? Do you, or do you... I mean, I don't think they really even think that's true is what I'm saying. I, I believe that deep down they go, well, I don't think that is true. I, I think there must be some way where that person didn't. Yeah, that, well, that was Once my point. Once you make it specific, I think it goes away. Like, right. did, my, did my grandma really know this or that? Like, all you do is tell yourself what you got to tell yourself so that you can think that this individual is not. This individual I mean, I, probably isn't. But really, if it comes down to it, I don't know who you think would be there. And or, they, or your behavior seems to support that. For show ratings and just popularity of this show, I want to go along with you. I just don't. I don't. I don't see it. 
I, I mean, I, I'm saying and, you're and, a unique case because you were saying you didn't, you were always uncomfortable with the people, the idea that people are in hell. You've yeah, always but, been right. deathly uncomfortable. And you with were that. searching and, for a logical and answer. And you're an honorable and reasonable and consistent person that doesn't want to live in dissonance and is obsessed with finding out the truth and getting right. things right. Whereas most people, but what most people are content yeah, not. Most to people do that. aren't content. And like we were saying earlier, like somebody wrote a stupid article, and not stupid, whatever. Uh, we, I'm not even going to go into it. But just going back to the cussing issue or whatever, that like people. That use cussing in their music, Christians that use cussing in music, or us are just wrong, flat out wrong, or whatever. But do, do most people think that God is going to send somebody to hell forever if they were to use the word fuck or shit? I don't think most people's actions would prove they don't really think that. I don't think they really do. They don't really want that. They don't want people. And so I think overall, what I'm saying is, I, I kind of agree with Matt. I think your actions probably speak more. Clearly, you just maybe you don't like it, or it's just something that makes you feel uncomfortable. But you're—I don't even know where you're at. You believe really in, in your hell belief. as an ab- most people believe in hell as an abstraction and as a doctrinal truth. And the Bible says there's hell, and I believe it, and that's fine. That's me. That's basically what I think. But I promise you, I don't behave as if I think people are in hell right. that I know or have known or currently know. I just don't behave that way. So, so you're not I thinking actually, it. What do you mean? Like you—you you aren't acknowledging it. So, in other words, you're putting it out of your mind, or you're not slowing right. down to pay attention to it. But no, you, I'm but suggesting you do that I must that. not. Re- no, I'm saying I. Do- I'm saying what I say intellectually clearly is just something I'm saying. Huh. I'm I'm saying me. Like I, I walk, I look at the Bible, I think about hell. It, if somebody asked me, do I believe in hell? I'd say yes. I, I mean, you know, but I just I must not believe if you get down to any specifics i won't i will never be anywhere close to committal or even probable that some individual is in hell i I don't think they are i must not think they are because it doesn't bother me i'm not worried about it it's just i must not believe it is what i'm telling you that's a a, i don't and you have it resolved because you've done the work even though i think your work is just you found the thing that helps you believe what you want or it just you know validates what you already believe which is yeah you were able no, to find a logical conclusion yeah, to your thought but i'm just yeah, saying but, i'm being hypocritical i know but that's that's a real dissonance like it's not really logical that i can say i believe the, in hell and behave the, the way that well it's interesting it is the only pushback to that would be is somebody that goes yeah but this is what the bible says and yeah, the bible's in there and that. so so that idea is what where the pushback comes from which i mean if if that's what you are if you're an inerrantist or whatever the bible's inerrant and totally literal and all that stuff I can understand your point of view, but it does diminish the you know like what they would say, Matt. That's just a feeling you have. You just mm-hmm. want people to not be in hell. That there's yeah, no there's no fact. I believe my feeling is what I'm saying. I'm right? not, that's but it's still a feeling, right? It's, yeah, yeah. So I mean, what I'm saying is your feelings inform your belief, and you can't help it. Right. If you the feel, same as yeah, I feel like the Bible is inerrant. It, it could possibly factually not yeah. be right. Don't you think inerrancy has to be a based on well the just that the Bible says it is or whatever the people think it is. Yeah. Well, just, it feels like I'm getting the answer right on a fact. test, I mean, this, but that's not what I actually believe. This is, a side, this is a side point, but don't forget there are people that believe in inerrancy but also do not believe in eternal conscious torment because they don't think yeah, Scripture Yeah, but most people don't give a shit about any of that shit. Most people <laughs> just say they believe in hell and then right. act like they don't. That's what I'm saying. Most people don't care like you yeah, care. No, See, you know what? When, when people talk about hell, they're thinking Hitler. But I'm wondering. The real bad guys. They're not, they're not thinking about the person that cusses. All right, or I, don't know if y'all, I, don't, I don't know if y'all realize this or not, but you guys are both 
very unique individuals and y'all have a lot of similarities. So a lot of times y'all speak on behalf of a lot of people and I don't think y'all represent a lot of people. <laughs> that may true. be true, but that's I don't think, I don't true, think you get out of that I, one, I my have friend. Heard, you don't. <laughs> I have heard people in recent days talk about student ministry and how it needs to be approached differently because otherwise they're going to drift and never come back and go to hell. Like I've heard almost those exact words. But that is not the predominant person. That actually is consistent with somebody who believes in hell. And Joey, how about this? That person's consistent, and everybody on earth that says, yeah, I believe in God, would be acting exactly like that person all day, every day, if they really believe in hell. And interview all the people associated with talking about the youth. Okay, all the youth, say there's 100 youth. All right, and some of them are sleeping with their girlfriends. Some of them tried drinking on stuff. <laughs> Inter- interview every part that all those one hundred youth die. Ha- interview everybody and say, are they in hell? They were drinking, slept with their girlfriend, unrepentant, uh, unrepentant. Yeah, yeah. Really, they're in hell, right? Most people, even those people talking about, we got to reach them because we don't want them to go to hell. They don't, they don't think that that yeah, sixteen year olds in hell. They don't think God sent a sixteen year old to sleep with his girlfriend specific. or boy uh, boyfriend, whatever is in hell forever. They yeah. don't really believe that. Their actions would probably show mm-hmm. differently. Now, it's, it's a intense emotional plight to say that and go, oh, man, we got to save them from the grips of hell. But they're not, they don't really, it, it, that's it's just a, it's an there. emotional, yeah. uh, explosive thing to say rather than really true. It's almost a piece of rhetoric in a, in a way. But I mean, right. I, I'm not saying this deceptive, though, because I'm saying I'm guilty of it. I don't have a resolution for it personally, but I just, I'm acknowledging it. And it has to do with specific experience. So do I believe in hell? Yes. Do I believe people go there that are unrepentant or people that, do I believe people that don't know Jesus go there? I, I suppose so. It's what the Bible seems to say. But I don't really know that I can that I think that that's true when it becomes well do you think this person's in hell because by, based on my blanket description of people and what the bible says in general that clearly means that my let's say grandfather who didn't say he was a christian I, I don't know that that's even true but I haven't even really wrestled with that too much cuz I am sure my grandpa's not in hell that I'm sure of why just because See, yeah, that, but if but, that's but, how you but really I, think, I then that's super inconsistent. And I know it is, and that's what every, that's where everybody I don't is. Think everybody so. is there I except for a so. few people that are. And no, I know you're I don't, the I'm few not faulting. people. I'm not making. No, no, there's no way. I'm, first of all, most people don't care about the Bible, even any that say they're Christian in the big, you know, in the in all of the world, in all of the United States, people that say they're Christian, so they're relatively nominal, care a lot less about the Bible and theology than me, who thinks about it, has read about it, has done a ton of work at it, has wrestling with this now, is doing this podcast. I care about the Bible and theology. I do. This is how I'm wrestling with it. Most people don't even care this much. And I guarantee you, they say they believe in hell, and then, is their grandma there? I, 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 surely not. <laughs> Because your that's friends, just, I mean, they just can't gosh. be. And that's what most people are like. Now, we got to take a break here, real quick. And then, um, I, but I believe it has to do with, the, I'm sorry, I believe it has to do with personal experience. Once you're, as a group, you believe people go to hell. When you're talking about an individual, is your mom in hell? Uh, it falls apart. And it's very similar with the gay issue. And, I, and I'm going to take a quick break and I'll tell you what, what's the same about that. Gracious when we get goodness. Back. Well, I'll tell you what people do care about, and that is wine. I had a doctor tell me just in recent weeks that a glass of wine in the evening daily is actually very good for your cholesterol and blood pressure and all that. So here's what Wink has 
discovered or what they really value is that when you have a great glass of wine and it enhances the moment, whether you're reflecting on the day or with someone that you love. So Wink has customized a system in which you can go online, take a brief pilot profile quiz, and then they recommend distinct and interesting wines actually customized to you, and they ship them right to your door every month. So none of your time is wasted fitting in to run to the store for that bottle of wine, which you don't even like a whole lot, or maybe you're looking for something and don't really even can't put a finger on what exactly you're looking for. So because Wink bases the wines they send you on your taste preferences, that is something worth investing in, especially if you're a wine drinker. So Wink will even introduce you to new, rare, and custom wines that are not available anywhere else and tell you the story behind each one. So you can join for free, skip any month, cancel any time, and they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee so you never pay for a bottle you don't like. And right now, Wink is offering listeners of this podcast $20 off your first order when you go to trywink.com slash badchristian. Again, they're going to cover the cost of shipping. That's right, folks. So go to trywink.com. That's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com slash badchristian to get $20 off your first order now, plus complimentary shipping. You got to do it, you wine drinkers. Now let me tell you what is a great combination. This is one of my favorite combinations and one that I've almost made my whole musical career off of. And that's Tooth & Nail Records plus Vans Warped Tour. And now, Vans Warped Tour is right around the corner and it kicks off in Seattle on June 16th. Now, particularly why that's interesting is this year, Solid State Records has two bands that are on the tour all summer long and those bands are Silent Planet and Fit for a King both bands will be playing the Mutant North Stage so make sure you go out to see them so this is a huge deal this is great for Tooth and Nail this is great for these bands and it's great for Warp Tour it's really a fun thing and if you if your band can do all of Warp Tour, tour legitimately it totally puts your band on another level we did it two years and I know it was when we were doing really well and that, you know, chicken or the egg there, but no matter what, to this day, I get people always say, I found out about you guys, I saw you at Warp Tour. That is one of the most common ways um, that people ever say they found out who Emory was or something like that. So celebrate with these bands, celebrate with Tooth and Nail. Uh, I know you guys like this band, cause we, these bands, because we've featured them on the podcast and stuff before. And, uh, you know, in addition to, and I think this is cool for Tooth and Nail, given an ad where it's really geared at sending you out to some other concert just to support their bands and, and keep the whole thing running. I think it's very smart and organic of them to do that. But you also could head over to iTunes and pick up Fit for King's latest record called Death Grip. And you could also pick up the latest Silent Planet release called Everything Was Sound. I know people don't buy albums a lot, but, you know, go see these bands at Warp Tour. Be a fan of theirs. I think that counts for something. And if you really like them, please buy their album. It helps independent labels like Tooth and & Nail and these bands themselves. So Warp Tour is an incredible lineup this year. Both of these bands are amazing live, so be sure to head over to VansWarpTour.com and pick up your tickets today. All right, so let's move into both abortion and gay as as where I find the logical uh, dissonance, cognitive dissonance, I suppose is what you'd call it, where people say one thing and do another thing. Which one do you want to do first? You can start with abortion. That one's a... Yeah, okay. So abortion is the same way in this regard. Everybody that thinks like me 
says abortion is killing a human, a potential human, a, a baby, a fetus, whatever you want to call it. That's essentially my view. It clearly has its own set of unique DNA. It was created, and as a person that has sperm and has created you know, a fertilized egg inside my wife and seen, seen a couple of them come to be babies and then one of them not. I, I got no doubt about it in my mind. I mean, it's, it, there was, it, you know, miscarriage is a loss of a, of a human. It's just obviously is. It just obviously is to me. And so uh, abortion is clearly ending a human. It, there's no way that's not, I mean, to me that just, I don't have any possible doubt about that intellectually whatsoever. Now, here's where I become a hypocrite. I know more than one person who's had an abortion before. I, mean, I guess I know a few, uh, and I don't think they're murderers. Hmm. I don't think I don't I don't go. Oh shit! That murderer just walked in the room. Right. I think <laughs> yeah, this person did a, a thing that I did, wouldn't have done. That's how I feel about the really sweet, uh, unfortunate lady that I know that had an abortion. I feel bad for her. I yeah. don't feel like fucking murderer bitch like that's not what i think i don't i don't get weird i don't go right. uh, uh, babe get out uh, oh a murderer walks in the room i don't i don't treat her that way i don't feel that way i don't think that way so what is that i mean and if i did i would have done anything to stop it i would talk to them i would i would do shit that i don't do if i thought these are these are legitimate murders and so would everybody else but again it leaves you back to the people on the street corner the extremist or somebody that wants to bomb an abortion clinic those people do believe it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what what does that mean about me? And wh- what does that mean? Like they're acting out. Yeah, they believe yeah, it. Yeah, they're they are. Yeah. The people on the street corner with the sign that said everybody's going to hell, they believe it. Westboro Baptist Church believes it. I don't. And you're saying majority. Except for intellectually I do. Yeah. I promise I, I that's I'm telling you what I think about hell and abortion, but I don't know how to reconcile cuz I don't I must not believe that. See, to me, I I see it more as not a, a conflict in your head as much as it's it's lazy and you're not you're just not taking the time to do what matches up to your beliefs. Okay. I think you really do believe it. And so what would that be it. then? I think you really do believe it, but you also I mean let let's just face it. I mean I I'm sorry and I and I hate to to break the news, but for someone that actually decides to especially an early term abortion that is maybe not scientifically, but it's a lot different than walking up to your coworker and pulling the trigger and shooting them in the head. And the reason, I mean, it's the same thing as if I struggle with porn, it's not going to end my marriage. If I cheat mm-hmm. on my wife with another woman, then it possibly will end our marriage. So there is well, a so let big me make difference. you make, let me make you face that a little bit more tightly. Sure. A a second trimester, mid second trimester abortion versus uh, a two hour old baby uh given lethal injection i i feel What's like the, the person that did one of those you feel sorry for the person that did the other one you think's a monster so you must think something's different and i there's no way around that's that. what i just that's what i'm saying yeah that's, i'm just saying so that's what i'm saying you can't put full force on abortion as murder because clearly that's not really what you believe is what i'm saying yeah you don't think it's the same thing as suffocating a, a two-hour-old baby you yeah. don't because you just don't you don't think that I know that sucks, or I don't know what it means, but you just don't think that. Yeah. But you say you do. Yeah. I say I do. Everybody says they do. 
So again, that's just it's just one of those things where we say something, but, but it doesn't seem like that's what we believe, right? But the re- I mean, the reality is, like like a morning after pill, for instance. You know, someone would say that that's that barely bothers you at all, and, and, and some people and, and, you poss- think it's and possibly it is. But there wasn't anything or any person that experienced a bunch of pain. So that right there, just from a very it's painless practical murder is stand- not murder. Just a very practical standpoint, one is more bothersome than the other. And I'm not even saying that one's right and one's wrong, but, I mean, we live in a real world where we are affected by <clears throat> our emotions, our observations and everything. And if you think of a tiny little one-cell zygote being flushed out of a woman's system as opposed to you know, taking a sharp object and piercing the back of uh, a, a head with a late-term abortion— I mean, it's just it's just so easy to say, yeah. Okay, difference. but again, it, it it still falls apart a little bit. A very painful uh, to the fetus late term abortion, or a painless death one hour after birth, still wildly different. You have to admit that. Yeah. So you can't say you can't lean on pain as the cause, and you certainly don't think a painless murder is not as yeah, bad. Right. We, we we have different justifications for things. For example, ethically, right now, uh, you know, it it would seem horrible to. Uh, euthanize your grandma, who you said is slipping away mentally and all that stuff. Like, right, we would not. Hey, she's got, she's go, gone to me basically now. She's completely dead to me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> I mean, she's alive. No, that was funny. I'll back you up. Y'all sold me out when I said we needed to have an infant or a fetus yeah. in the conversation, yeah, too, but which you probably want me to take out of the podcast, but I say leave it. But Joe, but Joey can say his grandma yeah, is dead to him. <laughs> but but I'm just saying, like, it, it really does. Like, we each have different justifications, and you go, well, you know, I mean, she's grandma, and I know her and stuff like that. It's just easier to say stuff. I think from my standpoint – this this might sound really harsh. I, I, I don't. I'm I'm just thinking this out loud. People die every day, and I don't care. That's right. All of the you don't. time, people die right around me, within miles, within feet, maybe. I don't know. But people die around you all the time, and you just don't care. But the thing that gets me more more than the like, okay, I think we come at it the wrong way, especially as Christians. The abortion thing we come at it is it's murder, and that's the issue. The issue is. How is this possible anyway? How do we get to a point in our society where we do think human life in certain instances matters more than others? And and that ethically, that question, like our culture, why is it possible? Why 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 aren't we helping people more financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically? All of these things. Like there's a million other issues that lead up to that. The the uh, you know there's a billion symptoms that we don't face. All we look at as well that's the thing. So if you could if you could outlaw abortion right now, would that make anything better? They've tried that stuff. They, out, they tried out alcohol, like all the things about it. If you just try to do stop that, it doesn't mean that it makes anybody better or does anything or helps any of the babies that are born now. Like we don't have any plans in place or care about the after. It's just that yeah. one thing is the only thing we focus on. So, so and like a, another avenue of this conversation that I want people to hear though is the Christians that do say it's it's murder. It's a black and white issue at least take the time to understand that it does look really different to people, like especially folks that don't have spiritual lenses. So in no way am I saying I advocate uh, abortions. I wish it was completely something that did not exist, but it's just a very practical thing. It doesn't seem as bad. It just doesn't to many people. 
Like, I mean, it, it, is it that's that's my question though. What what are we actually talking about? Are we talking about just the murder? Stop that. Are we talking? Is it just we don't care with our money? Like, what if you sold every? Yeah, your money's another way to it, prove what, that you don't care. Right. Well, that that's people, what I'm saying. Kids like, are dying every if, day. If everybody, everybody really did care, world, what if we care. said no matter what, any lady that got pregnant, no matter what, any lady that got pregnant, we will you get uh, you know two years off of work. We will help you. We will babysit. We will do everything we can because that's how much we care. Christians aren't going to do that. Yeah, you, they haven't done all it. All you got to do is cr- Christians' federal taxes go up eight percent, right? And you've stopped. You've and solved the abortion. And say, hey, no, you've reduced you, it by fifty percent. You do 50%. not have to work for two years, and then we'll everybody votes you, no to we'll that. Help you with education. We'll do anything we can financially. Nothing is off the board just to save lives. People go nah. And what's really crazy is the people that go oh, abortion is murder. Wait a minute, that guy. Uh, Killed somebody. Kill him. You know what I mean? Like, like if that baby. It, it's just yeah, lots of inconsistencies like, all the way around. All, yeah, I mean, all and I'm, I'm chief. Of, I'm just saying I'm guilty of these. I'm oh, exploring yeah, me too. them. And I tell you me why too. I've been thinking about this, and I'll do the last one of this. Is I've been thinking about it because those daggum terrorists believe what they they believe what they are doing. They no yeah. matter what they do. So it's it's a little scary. It's like yeah. I mean that makes me feel really crazy. Like the extremists. And the fundamentalists of Islam and Christianity. They're backing it up with their actions. They believe it more than I do. They believe what my book says. And what, do I not believe it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, that makes me feel a little bit funny because, and I don't don't take solace in the fact that, oh, if I look at my actions, they they tell me I don't believe that stuff. Yeah. So it's crazy. And I know that. I'm fine with it sounding bad. Like I'm saying, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in the Bible. I'm not saying those things, and I'm going to avoid doing these, th- going through these things biblically because it's been done, and that leads you down some logical road, and that's fine. But that's how we got by overemphasizing everything about the Bible and its authority is how we turned everything intellectual, and it's a little bit of a game because we clearly, and I'm a logical person, and that's what I gravitate towards. But clearly, what we feel. And what our experience are is what informs what we actually do, act like, and believe. And then we just talk shit with our logical part of our cognitive brains. And I'm as guilty of that as anybody. I can justify anything I want to. I'm really good at that. But if I'm honest, i got to say, well, my actions sure don't match up. So I've got a problem. Yeah. What is it? I don't know the solution to it yet. But I can tell you another one that I'm doing, trying to do some work on this. And I respect Joey for doing the real work, the theological work, and everything to try to sort out a way to handle hell or the way to look at you know, the gay issue. So I'll go to that one. I can say even now after a couple more weeks from doing the other episode that I have to 100% go on the – I'm going to use the same logic and tell you why I am not, not even questioning – as of today, whatsoever, anything negative about homosexuality. I'm fully, 100% affirming as of today, and I could go back, I can change my mind again, but I'm fully, I have no, not any... Thing where I say, yeah, but gay is something. I don't. I don't have. I don't think. I'm not saying. I'm not claiming it's a <laughs> yeah, sin. I'm not something. claiming. I'm not saying. Well, I don't like it. I'm. I'm just gonna. I'm saying for practical, logical purposes, I'm gonna have to say I'm fully affirming, and I'll tell you why. I arrived at that when I thought of the question. In You're this gay because I am. <laughs> no, but it has to do with this personal experience thing. Some people are saying, "Yeah, but now that you, you know, once you have a personal experience and know a gay person, now you throw out all your theological convictions or something." Which I'm not saying that's me, but why is that? And it's because you're faced with the thing that you actually believe. What, what in reality, based on what you've been babbling about theoretically for years, when you 
really see it. And you see people change their minds on stuff all the time when they have an experience. And I'm just going to say, that's not wrong. That is how we make decisions. That is how we know what we know is experientially. It's not logic that really, and again, I'm not a Christian because it seems logical. I'm a Christian because I have an experience with Jesus Christ. Okay, so the right. experiences are what are, are what inform us. You say, "Well, it's all just postmodern based on feelings." No, I ain't no postmodernist loser. That's not me. <laughs> but there is a big part of your the intuition buddy is coming and your out of Matt right now and your it's experiences buddy. that inform what you believe. In fact, it's more fundamental. And then your logical brain's just making up rhetoric to justify it. Typically, that's basically how it goes. You can read the John Hyde book, "The Righteous Mind," is probably what partially informs this for me. Okay, so on. The gay issue, you have to look at it this way. It's not an issue, it's people. It's people, That's exactly. So if this is how, okay, so you can say whatever you want. You can make the biblical argument you want. You can make the natural, you can make any argument you want against gay shit, whatever you want to do. But here is what people actually think about being gay. And I allow people to think whatever they want. I'm not even judging somebody that is not inclusive or thinks it's a sin. That's fine. But uh, in fact, I think it's fine. But this is how you can clarify your view. If you're, and I mentioned it on the episode the other day to Toby, but we kind of got sidetracked, yeah. and then I thought about it since. If your 23-year-old child comes to you in a decade from now, and anybody can picture the scenario, and they come to you and say, Dad, I know you didn't don't know about this, uh, but I have something really important to tell you. Uh, I am, uh, you know... I've been thinking about this a while. I'm not jumping to this lightly, and you know me and you love me, but I've come to the conclusion it seems unavoidable to me, and I've just got to tell you, I am gay. Uh, I've thought this for a long time, and I've been very patient, and there is really no other way for me. This is what I am, and I feel that that, that this is this is true and this is real, and this is what I believe, and I, am, I still love Jesus, but I— Whatever the Bible says, I have to take the interpretations that possibly allow for this because I don't. I believe experientially that I am gay, and this is the way that that is. And I am sorry. I know that's disappointing to you. Blah 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 blah. Now, here is what you really think about the issue. At that moment, you take a deep breath and you say, "Oh shit!" Because it seems unpleasant to get that. I'll admit that I would I would be troubled by that. So that sounds like a horrible thing to say, but I'll admit that. Now, right. the next thought I have is one of two. It is, number one, oh, my gosh, this is going to be really hard. Two, and here's how you feel. Whichever way you fill in the blank of why the next few years are going to be really hard is the answer to what you really think, not what you say you think. Is it going to be really, really hard for you to learn to love and accept this kid? Is that what's going to be hard? Or did you go, oh, crap, this is going to be really hard to change them? Which one? Ladder. Did, so you're, that's what you're saying? If your kid comes to you, you're gay, you're going, to, you're going to take a deep breath and go, oh, man, I have a really hard road of me of making them understand that this is wrong. Oh, and I, sin and that, I thought you were asking about people in general. No, no. I'm saying, well, no, I'm asking not to, I'm No, this is no people in general. This Again, this is individual whoever's listening you you anybody that's the only person that can answer the question it's not a theological question right your belief is already there so when you hear your kid tell you they're gay and you say oh crap this is going to be difficult because it's going to be difficult to understand it to love them to not feel weird i hope they don't go through pain i hope this is you know this is going to be a hard road for us because 
this is the situation, or you think this is going to be a really hard road because I have to change this kid now because this ain't right, and I want him to go to heaven. Yeah. Whichever one of those you think is what you really think. So if you think the former on that, then you're with me. Then you don't really think it's wrong, or you wouldn't accept it. How did you word the first one? It sounded like you were saying I, I might have misunderstood. That's why I didn't. No, I may, I may have botched it. There, you you were saying something. Is it harder to love this kid or something? I'm saying you're you 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 take a deep breath and you go, oh crap, this isn't what I was expecting. It's not what I was hoping for. Now there's going to be hard work ahead of me, and that hard work is choice A. Learning to accept this and love this kid and minimizing damage and hoping to figure out how to reconcile my theological beliefs. I got a lot of work to do here because I have a gay kid. And this is your instant reaction, so you know what you think. Or you go, oh, crap, Uh, you are not – I've got to figure out how to convince this kid that they are not gay. Right. One of those two is your only – those are the only two thoughts you would fundamentally have in the first few seconds, and you're going to spend the rest of your life living them out. So you already believed it was – embedded in you what you already think and i'm not knocking the one maybe you need to deconvert them you know that's you know whatever that is if that's your view that's fine but you know instinctually if that's your view or not when your kid tells you well i I hesitate to comment on this because we don't have a parent of a child on the show that has actually walked this out it's just three middle class white american straight guys but isn't there a possibility though that you could say I, I am not affirming, but I don't think this is going to send. Do we have to preface everything? Do people not know that we're three? That was a joke. That was, that was actually a joke. <laughs> no, I know, I know, but I'm just saying it is funny. Like I almost feel like we need to clarify that, but everybody has to know we are three white dudes. <laughs> it's almost, I mean, even if you didn't see pictures, nobody's The thinking. extreme of that is nobody all we thinking, can talk about nobody is thinks white I'm from stuff. India. Yeah. Or I'm a minority, you know. You know what I mean? Like nobody's thinking that with the way I sound or anything. But anyway, d- sorry to interrupt. No, you, that's but. all right. So, is it possible though that someone can not be affirming, but also say, "I don't think this is going to send my my son or daughter to hell by any means. They believe in Jesus. Jesus covers right. this. Also, the last thing I'm going to do right. is push on this because it's very important that they feel loved and accepted okay. by me." So it seems like that's a made-up category to most people because most people, first of all, most people have already declared, or many, many right. Christians have already declared that it's a, well, this is a lifestyle, it's an identity, and it's an unrepentant sin. So I do think it would send you to hell. Now, there's a lot of Christians that would say, I don't think it sends you to hell, but it's still wrong and it's a sin. In which case, I still argue, if your kid came to you with any other thing that you knew was clearly sin, that you would spend the rest of your life trying to help them see that that wasn't right and they should change. Now, when your kid tells you they're gay, is your, ne- is your new goal to change them or to learn how to accept them? That's what you think. There's nothing, there's, that is what you think about the issue. Yeah. It's already baked in. You don't get to decide what you think at that point. You already think something, and it is now exposed. That's my point. Your actions, your feelings, what you have is your beliefs. It is, and I'm not trying to sound fruity with that. I'm just saying there's this thing we do up in the top part of our frontal lobe cognitively where we're saying a bunch of shit for entertainment or yeah. image control or preservation because what you think is already in there well, and well, it may not be what you're saying well i was gonna say is interesting too if, if what if you i think a lot of people one of their first few thoughts is what is everybody gonna think right. what are my church friends gonna think what is this people gonna think like that thought alone should show you you care more about the people than god or, or, or you're your not that you know what I mean? Like, yeah, or, or more, no, the kid. Or the issue. Like, and, and I'll be honest, I was thinking, when you asked that question, I was like, what would be the first thing I would think? And my first thought was, 
wonder what this means about grandkids. That, I thought about me. Right, sure. I thought about and that's me. Just fine. No, but I'm saying I'm. I'm the first thing I thought wasn't even about one of my kids. I thought, what does that mean to me? Like, I, I wonder how our thoughts are that selfish. Like, I made a really selfish thought. Like, not not even taking consideration my son or daughter's feelings. I just went, well, what about me though? And then but what? I what does it mean? What, what is it going to be like for me to have dinner with their partner? Mm-hmm. What, like, I thought some. Really but that's what I'm saying. Thoughts, but that tips but, that you are yeah. accepting. Right, yeah. The thing I was thinking because yeah, you didn't think, right. How can I convince right. her she's got my, this wrong? My, my first thought would be, I don't. It make I don't think that can be my goal to try and convince you how wrong you are. That would be if it is wrong, then it would be Jesus's responsibility or God's responsibility. My responsibility is to that might love be the fairest and say, hold way. on, this and and if my, I mean, I think my kids would understand. Yeah, I, I don't get this. This isn't. I didn't expect this. I maybe I didn't even want this for you. And but I would have to have a real conversation. And you're right. I, I think for sure I'd have to say I, I love my kid. I just can't. I couldn't turn them away because of that. I mean, even if my kid did like murdered somebody or something, but I'm saying I would not even turn them away. Or, it's not even a matter of something if you're I really turn disagreed with. I mean, I'm, I'm saying actually, I would. I love my kid, so I. I don't know. Yeah, I but if Ruby my, came to you and said, "I'm gonna continue. I murdered somebody. I'm gonna continue to do so." And we're not relating. You would say, I've got, now I've got hard work to do to accept the fact that you're a murderer." You'd say. You can knock that shit off right now. What can I do to help you? Do you have That's a true. disorder? Is there something I can do? You know that murdering is wrong. We've right. got to stop you from doing this, Ruby. I accept that you did it one time. I know you killed right. somebody. <laughs> I ex- I'm glad you're telling so me So your about point it. is that you don't know that gay is wrong or something? What is your point? I'm saying there? you yeah, don't think and, it and is. And I don't want to relate homosexuality I'm, to murder. I'm telling That's you I'm that you may say. say that you're unsure about it, but you deep down think that gay is okay you have to i'm just saying yeah no i'm just saying almost no matter what Based i'm gonna love my saying, kid and try to show them love and forgiveness and no matter what they do good or bad see i just okay, no but i just treat you treat murdering different than sexual orientation though i just think that there the, you're I, you I, think both are wrong? I do think there's a no, a if, middle if ground here Matt, are, look, because of because of the whole concept of love like it does seem like you can be against something, but be for that person. I mean, and and I could be yeah, wrong. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. I think that could be right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I'm going to understand their sexual preference or whatever they want. What their their them being gay or straight or whatever. All those things. Like, I mean, we're going to have conversations about sex with our kids, no matter what. No matter what they do, there's going to be something that we have to address or talk about or get through. Your goal with anything else is not to try to do the hard work of accepting it. Right. When you think it's wrong, you don't do that with things that you think are wrong. You don't do that. If you think they do something that is wrong, your goal is simply and clearly to change them lovingly. Well, if you're, if you're, but if your kid tells you you're gay, I'm not, and a lot of people would answer, I will never accept that. And that's, that's their true answer. At least that's consistent. Yeah. That's okay. I'm not even knocking that point of view. But your point of view would not be, oh, I need to change Ruby. I've got to change William now. How can I do it in love? That's, that's still, if that's your goal, then at least that's what you believe. That, that, that answers the question. But if your goal is to, for you to learn to accept them because this is the way it is, then you've tipped your hat that you believe that that's the way it is, and it's okay. So what Matt just articulated, if you feel strongly in agreement with Matt, go to at Bad Christian Pod and just say I agree with Matt. I actually am really interested to hear what people. Okay. Think. I stand with Matt. No, no, it's none of that. And I'll tell you what everybody's going to do. I'll, I can tell you what everybody's going to do. They're not going to agree with me. And here's why they're not going to agree with me because it makes them very uncomfortable. <laughs> and I'm and I'm trying to pin down something that's 
squirrely and difficult here. And the thing that everybody likes to do, and especially on the internet, here's what they're going to do. They're going to quote Bible and they're going to say, but yeah, but God, they're going to, they're going to go, they're going to, they're going to figure out a way to intellectually avoid the question that I'm asking. Right. That is my, that's what people are going to say. They will, they will be doing smokescreen cognitive stuff to try to avoid the question the, the real question. Well, that's what that's the way people behave well, and, if you and, pose to them and something that, difficult. And that, that brings on a whole different subject. But I, I am completely confident and fine with saying that inerrancy and in how you approach the Bible has to be a conversation that's allowed for disagreement within the church amongst Christians. And the only way that you can not do that is by base. I mean. The only way you can justify not doing that is by writing off a huge demographic of Christians that say, yeah, I just don't see the Bible that way, but I do believe in Jesus in the same way that you do. I just don't. And I I mean, what's crazy about that, though, is if the church does cross that bridge to where that is open for discussion and debate, then you really don't have, you can't take firm stances on stuff like homosexuality. You just can't. I mean, you, you could say, well, how we read the Bible, I think that it's wrong. But if you allow for the conversation for people to debate inerrancy, then yeah. you have to allow for the possibility that gay lifestyle is okay. Hey, I got a really, can we do a quick news? And sure. I got a really got interesting it. news. All right, kick the music. In a world where we want to clarify that we are three white middle class males <laughs> that deliver the truth. My name is Toby Morrell, and this is the damn news. I think you're all gonna this is pretty interesting. This comes from Patios and it was written by Hemet Meta. And uh, uh, I'm just gonna read this and see what y'all think about it. This it may is, be difficult. You know he's been on the podcast. Yeah, this before. is the friendly atheist. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, it may be difficult to read. But this is what Kim Higginbotham recently wrote about her son. Sometimes the hardest thing are the memories. Remembering the joy I felt in that plump baby who looked at me so adoringly. I remember when he sat on the kitchen counter helping peel potatoes. I remember our homeschool days at the kitchen table reading. I remember him singing harmony uh, together with me in the kitchen. Occasionally I see a young man that looks like my son. or I may be cleaning out a closet and see a photograph. He was such a handsome boy, an excellent student. I remember his infectious laugh. Hemet writes, he sounds like a wonderful kid, and as a parent myself, I can't imagine what it'd be like to lose a child. But I don't have to try and imagine that right now because Higginbotham didn't lose her son. He's still alive. He's doing just fine. I assume he's a talented musician with an infectious laugh. Higginbotham has to rely on these memories, though, because she no longer has a relationship with him. Her son is still Christian, but she decided to break all ties with him because she found out he was gay. Right. Her post published last week... uh, was apparently written on the day of his wedding. And this is what else she writes. What probably began as harmless flirtation with sin has now become a quicksand that pulls my son deeper and deeper toward hell. Sometimes I feel jealous of other parents who have close, loving relationships with all their grown children. I feel embarrassed by what my son has done. The fact is, I don't know this person that I once thought I knew so well. Was I blind to the things I should have seen? I believed our relationship was so close. I adored this child. Was the love our son expressed to us all a lie? How does one go from being respectful, obedient child to flagrantly disregarding everything we taught him and everything that we stand for? 
A full night's sleep, what is that? While I am able to fall asleep easily, there is not a night that goes by that I, that I sleep until morning. I awaken in the middle of the night, and the first thought in my mind is that I, ha- I just had a terrible dream, but I soon realize it wasn't a dream. This is my reality. I try to picture where my son is now and what he may be doing. I hurt. Sin is ugly. It is disgusting. It perverts. While I don't want to know, I find myself drawn to his social media like watching two cards collide. I want to look away, but I can't. I care too much. Oh, my gosh. He wrote all that. See, now, I don't think bad of that lady. and You know, I don't think, screw her, that's so awful. I think she's made, I think she believes a thing that is bad, that's harmful. I think she's got the wrong view, but she's yeah. logically consistent. And that makes me uncomfortable to say that. But she is logically consistent. She answers B on my multiple choice question. And, yeah, she, I mean, and she says what she, and she believes what she says. I mean, he goes on and to you say. You don't, and you don't. Right, but I mean, he goes on I to don't. say, like, she's. I mean, you're right. She's in an emotional crisis where she thinks my son is going to hell. And what, even questioning, what does she do? Did she mess up? But she is blaming him. Like, I mean, she, didn't, she didn't get the that son that she that wanted, made. that he's done all this stuff. And but it's yeah, not okay. Right. She but I'm saying, but she also is, is claiming, like, poor me. I don't get to have a son like everybody else. Poor me. Why didn't I do this? Like, she's not willing to do any of the work of, in spite of the sin, I will love you and hang out with you and do all this stuff. All she does is watch his social media and, and just. I mean, it's uh, horrible. And, I mean, and that's just, a devastating story, but I'm just. Right. I don't. I, don't, I mean, that's, that's the situation we're in. An, ex, uh, an extremist, a, an extremist, a fundamentalist. So you're I mean, saying, you're saying that her actions actually are, yeah. she's living out her, her that's beliefs. Right. That's right. In a strong way. Right. Now, it, I'm not. Each, yeah, she right. is. It's really intense and sad. Or we got more work to do. Which so I'm not trying to be crazy here. I'm just saying we but, have a little bit more work to do to sort this out. I'm just pointing out the, kind of the, the, the problem that, that we have. But I mean, there. how do you how how can she reconcile that with like the story of the prodigal son, where the son just goes back? Oh man, I, I partied. I did all this crazy stuff. Lost all my money. Did everything wrong. At least I can go well, back. He admitted it was wrong. At least I can go back and work. Because no, he came no, back and admitted it was wrong. No, no, he didn't. He just said, "I don't have anything. Maybe my dad will come yeah, hire me back, point. and at least I can get a little bit of money and live in the in the quarters." Yeah. You know, no, that's, I, that's I'm just I mean, that's not true. But I think Matt. He didn't. He did not say. I mean, the, the prodigal son didn't go. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. The father ran out to the son. I mean, the son had to return, but the son was returning. We for don't money feel and a that job. the father's forgive the father's welcomingness and love were contingent on yeah, whether or gotcha, not the son was gotcha. repentant. I mean, he might still be the same old guy that's going to blow money on prostitutes and partying. Right. Yeah, but, but he brought him back, and so that's the thing. Like, I, I don't. I mean, I, I mean, would, I would imagine her, her son might actually. He probably has extreme hurt, but he probably longs for a relationship with his mother too. Yeah, he has good memories of his mom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I. Uh, I think with this sort of situation, it's like I I agree with you, Matt, that she's log- logically consistent. But let's let's point out the fact that she's in gross error to basic I think so. to to, no, bas- sure. to no, basically agree. take offense. I mean, she she's basically saying, "How can my son do this to me?" No, I agree. That's I mean, insane. I don't like it. I'm, just, I'm I don't like yeah. it. But I'm just pointing out, you know, it's not as simple as, you know, when somebody, you know, the pushback on me is going to be now you're just being pushed around by your feelings or whatever. That's going to be the assailing of me here, and I'm okay with that. I'm just saying that I don't know what to do about it. And you, when you start lobbing hermeneutic arguments at me, you'll just be guilty of trying to obscure something deeper that you have yeah. dissonance with. I, I, That's look, how I'm going to, unfortunately, Unless people I'm, think I'm heretical, I'll, I want to read this about the, so the prodigal son's out there, he's uh, longing to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. He said, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants 
have food to spare, and here I am starving. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, this is what he said, he was thinking, I'll say to my father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your servant, but uh, make me one of like one of your hired servants. So he went back with that idea, but the father, not knowing that, ran out to him while he was a long way off. Uh, so he didn't even say those things to his father. Right. He just returned. And so what? I, the whole point I'm trying to make, the comparison there is the idea of that the father would be welcoming back. Like this lady, the only way she would be welcoming back if that the son went, I am terrible, I am awful, hear me this, and then she would go, okay, now that you've said that, I will do this. As opposed to we can, you know, Work this out yeah. together. I, I love you. Well, it's clear narcissism is the root cause of this lady's pr- problems, yeah. from my view, is that she thinks it's about her. She even thinks it's her fault. She even thinks she could have parented right. better. It's yeah. that much about her and her knowing oh, so strongly what's right, sure. and it's right. fundamentalism to that degree where it's all about her, and she knows it's right. And if she could have done something, it may even be her fault. She could even go that far, yeah. but it was but it was a decision, or it was caused, or it was in her control. Not you know she, she what she can't accept is that's just the way that person is, and that needs to be accepted. It's like that's not her. You know, basically. Man, I am bummed right now. I'm, I I, like, this is, golly. <laughs> well, I guess that's the end of our, that was the damn news. Well, but I, just, you know, let me bring, hurts. Let me bring some joy to your heart because the bcclub.com keeps on growing, folks. And Woo-hoo! we want to welcome Gabriel Chartier, Clay and Julia Brockelman, Elena Bryant, Laura Smith, Jordan Varghese, Chris Leonard, and Drew Hatch. What's up? Welcome to the club. I think some of you guys are joined, quit, and came back just like some Christians. Join the faith, backslide, lose their salvation, and come back. So you guys are back in the fold, which means a lot to us. Thank you all. Yep, appreciate it. That's thebcclub.com, one of the best ways you can support this podcast, but you ain't got to support it. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. You don't God believe that, control. man. It does matter. God's in control. You don't have to do anything. We'll be fine. Yeah, God, God's in control. <laughs> God's in control. This is awful. Joe, you can't do anything to make me happy. I'm just like down. That that news article just even brought me lower. Just like this, this is, it doesn't matter what. The world's always just going to be kind of fucked. Hot it's dogs, over. peeps. Um, Those are kind of wings. Good. Keep going. I'm starting to feel it. Chinese buffet. Ooh, there you go. Buffet in general. That kind Ooh, of works. buffets in general. Keep actually, going. How, how about how about Keep this? Going. Chinese buffet with yeah. uh, with some peeps to eat afterwards while the movie Tremors is on and Green Bay Packers just won their second Super Bowl Wait a second. Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Wait a second. It's actually true that the Clemson Tigers are national champions currently. It's, I'm uh, back! Okay. <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> Woo! Just shove that other stuff way down deep. Clemson, Clemson. Just stop thinking about the other stuff. Shove it way down deep. And yeah, don't just shove the rest down be, deep. Yeah, that's fine. Clemson's national champion. And keep champion. saying the right things to other people. <laughs> All right, see y'all. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.